and welcome back to the CCPL podcast. I am your host as always, Kirsten Real, branch manager of the Carteret County Public Library in Beaufort. And I know it's that time of year. It's all holiday stuff. We see holiday stuff everywhere we go. We hear holiday music. We see holiday movies. It's all holidays everywhere. Well, not here. <laughs> I am not talking holiday stuff today. I'm going to be talking one of my favorite topics in the world, which is my favorite authors. Now, if you are a librarian or know a librarian, then you'll know that narrowing down our favorite authors is akin to asking us what our favorite book is. It's almost impossible <laughs> to answer that question because there are so many. We we love reading. It's part of who we are. It makes us who we are. And I, I absolutely love it. I do. However... For all of you wonderful people out there, I did compile a list of my top authors. I was going to do top six, but then it kind of it kind of spiraled. So my my number five is actually three people because <laughs> I cheated a little bit on my list. But I'm going to try to keep it to our regularly scheduled time. So we'll see. We'll see. So without further ado, my I'm not, I'm not, this is in no sort of order. This is not, this is not ranked number six through one or whatever. This is just my, my list. I, I can't, I, I came up with a list of favorites. I can't come up with my, who's my first, my absolute favorite, because <laughs> that's just not fair. This is not fair. I love all of them equally. <laughs> so the first one on my list is Stephen King. And I mentioned in a love it or hate it, my love for Stephen King. I do. I, I've read Stephen King since I was a teenager. And some of them I like more than others. I have by no means read them all. I will go ahead and say that. There's a lot. But I didn't particularly, and this is an unpopular opinion that will probably get me in a lot of trouble, but I did not particularly care for The Dark Tower stuff. I couldn't get into it. I'm not a, the mention of a gunslinger and I was out. I just, I, that's just not my thing. Westerns are the one, are like the one genre that I just can't read. I tried. I read a Larry McMurtry book who I'm sure he's a, a phenomenal writer. I read uh, The Last Kind Word Saloon by him and I just couldn't get into it. I, I just don't like Westerns. Nothing against Larry McMurtry, may he rest in peace. I just can't get into Westerns. It's just not my genre. It's not my thing. And I read most everything. I do. I just can't do Westerns. So anyway, it's a little tangent, but I, that's why I couldn't, I just couldn't get into the Dark Tower series. It was, it was like the gunslinger going after the guy and, and it was too Westerny. I just couldn't do it. But, most of his stuff I really enjoy. I think his endings are bad. <laughs> and I think I think even Stephen King knows his endings are bad. Like it is very meta moment in the It Chapter Two movie, and he's working in the book the pawn shop, and the the guy asks him if Bill asks him if he'd like uh, for 
him to sign the book that Stephen King's character has. And Stephen King says something about, no, I didn't like the ending. And it was, it's a very meta moment. I mean, his endings are just bad. I'm sorry. Only a few of the endings are actually good. But I think the reason why I like Stephen King so much is not only are the books just good, they really are, and they uh, compelling plots. You know, I really, I do. I get into the plots. They're so good. But I feel bad for the main for the uh, main villain. Like he makes me feel bad for the main villain. <laughs> <laughs> which admittedly I usually feel bad for the main villain anyway anybody who's watched a horror movie with me knows that I feel really bad for the villain because <laughs> in most cases it's not their fault that they turned out the way they did but uh, I do feel really bad for most of his villains like Cujo for example it wasn't Cujo's fault that he contracted rabies it wasn't his fault that he went and started trying to kill and eat people. He it, he didn't ask to get bitten by the bat or whatever it was that bit him. I think it was a bat that bit him. And so it's not his fault. You just you got to feel really bad for him. And then, you know, he gets killed because he's got rabies. It's like old yeller all over again. <laughs> it's like. And then you feel bad for Carrie. Like, Carrie went through so much. And it wasn't her fault that she, you know, had the the telekinetic powers that she did and that people people treated her horribly because of because she was different and be, because she had those powers and because her mother was strict and was a little out there. Like, it, it's just you feel really bad for the main characters, even... Even Jack, you feel bad for in The Shining. Like, I felt so bad for him because, yeah, he was, you know, he he had a drinking problem, but he, I don't know, it explains his backstory and you just, you got to feel bad for him. You do. So I just, I feel so bad for his villains. So the fact that he writes these novels in such a way that literally the only one I did not feel bad for was Pennywise. (laughs) Then, then I don't know. It's just it makes you it can makes you connect with the material, and you can you can see from all sides, and you you root for for who you're supposed to. But at the same time, you don't you don't root for the bad guy to have a horrible death. You just want them to to you know be able to find happiness, and that's all I want. I want Carrie to find happiness, and I want Cujo to magically not have rabies anymore, and I want Jack. And Wendy and Danny to have a nice life together after the Overlook Hotel's done and all this met. I just, oh, I do. I love his books. I think, like I said, his endings are really bad. <laughs> the ending of it was just questionable, like really questionable. And, you know, the... Oh, which one was I was I just thinking about? There was another one where oh, the outsiders, the outsiders. I was so upset by the outsiders. I can't even put into words how angry I was about the outsiders <laughs> because 
I, you know, this whole book is, it's like, it's more like a detective story, right? It's one of his detective novels. And you're like, okay, I can get behind that. He's doing regular police work, trying to figure out who the bad guy is and all this cool stuff. Well, then you find out, (laughs) then you find out that he's not, he is a detective and he's trying to get down to the bottom of the story, but it's not, it's got supernatural elements to it. And now he's chasing this supernatural creature thing that can change its face. And you're like, okay, obviously there's going to be some big fight, right? There's going to be some big fight to kill this thing. No, this thing dies with a sock. That is, it's like a sock that's filled with coins or something. That's how this creature, this supernatural creature that goes and kills people, that's how it's destroyed by a sock with coins in it. I was so angry. <laughs> I was so angry. I gave you 600 pages of my life. <laughs> However long that took me to read that. I can't even remember. However long it took me to read that. I gave you that amount of time and you ruined it just with that horrible ending. I was just so upset. Yeah, I can't even explain it. But <laughs> barring barring his horrible ending. <laughs> For some of his novels, not all of them. Some of them have good endings, but some of them just do not. And uh, you know, barring those, though, I think he's a great author. I think you can really connect with his characters. His his the detail he adds into the novel is just enough to be good, not too much to drive you nuts. I do once. I think detail is great, and you need detail in a story to, you know, fully explain what's going on. But there becomes, there does come a time when it's too much, and some authors go into that too much territory. I don't need to know that the river flowing through her heart and soul was was blue with the the longing of the. I don't need to know all that. That's just too much. <laughs> Anyway, that's my own little tangent. So, Stephen King, super great. Love him. I hope if you love horror or even some of his stuff is not necessarily horror. It's more like thriller, suspense. So, you know, give that a try if you don't like horror. I can understand that. Horror, 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 horror. Anyway, (laughs) so Stephen King. My next author is one that has come into a lot of popularity recently, but... I liked her before she was famous, <laughs> and that is Julia Quinn. I have loved her for years. My aunt got me hooked on historical romance novels, and Julia Quinn was one of the first that I read, her and Stephanie Lawrence and John Hall Lindsay. But Julia Quinn is so funny. <laughs> her novels make me just, they make me die laughing. They're so funny, these situations. They're so realistic to what we would do now. They, It's like if she took a situation that would happen now and transplanted it back in the 1800s, and so it's got you've got girls who are spunky and who don't like that they can't do certain things, and they make it known that they don't like it, and then you've got 
male characters who are just perplexed by them and they don't understand why these women are are acting, you know, spunky and, and all this. And it's just, oh, man. And the shenanigans they get into. There are always shenanigans <laughs> that are crazy ridiculous. I love the book what happens in london i talked about this in one of my pre in one of the previous podcasts and i was like that book is the best book <laughs> that that she has ever written like she's written so many great ones but what happens in london the the character shenanigans in this thing i mean you've got a girl who is you know, super into fashion and super into gossip and super into, you know, having tea with her friends so that they can dish on each other. And then the, the other girls in the, in their, um, in their, what you call it? Oh, I forget what it is. The people who come out together, uh, who are presented to society at the same time, whatever that group is called, I forget what it's called. Anyway, but, they, so she's just a typical girly girl, you know, she's a girl of her time. Well, then a guy moves in next door who is ex-military, but he translates correspondence for the the military still. And he she starts spying on him and he knows that she's spying. So he starts putting on these weird, crazy antics for her because he knows that she's watching. <laughs> it's just, oh, the crazy things that they get up to in these books. And, and one of them in the Bridgerton series, I mean, I know that that has now become a TV show or a, it's a Netflix show and people love it. They say it's great. I will not watch it. I'm just saying I can't. I don't like... <laughs> I don't like certain things when they get translated into movies and historical romances, especially. I typically don't like it when they get translated into a movie because it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It, it seems like, I don't know. You, it just doesn't, I don't know. They don't capture it as well, I guess is what it is. So I'm scared that I'm going to watch the show and not, and just be upset because it's nothing as good as the books. I love the books, but in the in the fourth one, the romancing Mr. Bridgerton, Penelope is just oh, she is who I would have been if I had been <laughs> if I had been born at that time. <laughs> you know, she's she's a spinster and she just doesn't care anymore. She's finally gotten to the point where she just doesn't care anymore, and she is making her own life better and she becomes like major spoiler major spoiler but she's lady whistledown and you know you just wouldn't have thought that that was that would be who lady whistledown was but gosh just the stuff that she comes up with she's so funny and her characters are so relatable i love a relatable character not only is it easier to connect with that character but it makes reading so much easier. Like just, oh, uh, it makes the time go by so much faster so that you don't even realize that you read a 300 page book in three hours, you know? <laughs> it's just, oh, I love her book so much. She, she always, they're always so funny. There was only one book that she did that I did not like. And I, I'm having a hard time remembering the title of it. It was one of the, uh, it was like a set. There was only two of them, and this was before the Bridgertons. It was 
it was something about a, a couple of brothers who you think the one brother is a duke, but it turns out that the other one is. It was, it was so complicated. And you're like, okay, that was weird. I, I don't know. I, I didn't particularly care for that one. Whatever that one's called. I don't remember what it's called. But I didn't particularly care for that one. But the rest of them are all just so good. Even the ones that her, were her earlier novels that were not as funny. They were more serious. Even those are so good. Ah, oh, man. I can't talk enough about her. I love her. She's awesome. If you haven't read her, Julia Quinn, give her books a read. I know, like I said, that they have the Bridgerton show on Netflix, and that's great, but the books are so much better. <laughs> the books are always better. And I'm not biased. I mean, I am, but I'm going to pretend that I'm not. <laughs> All right. So, so far we had Stephen King, Julia Quinn. The next one is another one that I, I've talked about, but I don't think I've gone into too much detail about her. I don't know. Maybe I did, but I love this author, Kelly Armstrong. She is a very prolific author. She has written kids, young adults, and adult novels. They're they're all so good, and they're geared perfectly toward the age that she wrote them for, which is it's hard to do. It is hard to be an author that can easily transition from a juvenile fiction book into an adult fiction book, you know? But she does. She does it perfectly. She has series in each of those sections, too. It's not like a one and done. No, she had she had the, uh, the Norse God series for the juvenile fiction uh, books. It was, um, you know, the Loki and Thor... Something else, and it was it was a whole series that she did about the Norse mythology stuff, which is great because you know there's been a whole huge push for that in the last what twelve years, thirteen years, uh, especially with the Rick Riordan releases. Um, I mean that started a whole new trend, which I love. I love mythology. It's it's fascinating. Um, but she did also a few a few uh young adult series one of which was one that I know I've talked about before which was the summoning the awakening and the reckoning the darkest powers trilogy which is ah it's so good that was my intro to Kelly Armstrong was the was those books and I have reread them so many times that I'm going to end up having to buy another set because the set that I currently have is falling apart. <laughs> but, uh, oh, they're so good. And then she has adult novels, which they're, she's got the one that's, it's a detective. It's it's like this woman living in a town and she's a detective. But then she's got another one that is, it, it was like another um Another like werewolf, vampire, witch kind of series for adults, uh, which was also I read the ones with the werewolf, Elena. I read those. Those were really good. <laughs> I have not read all of Kelly Armstrong's books. I will say I have not. I have a tendency to fall in love with one particular character. And then I don't want to stop reading about that character. <laughs> and Kelly Armstrong, in her series, it's different characters. So in the young adult one, not so much. It's the it's the one series. The one series will be based on that one group of characters. But then you might have, 
Like she had the darkest trilogy or the darkest powers trilogy, but then she had another one, and it was like the darkest something trilogy that was in set in the same universe, just with different characters. I could not read that other one because it was set in the same universe. I was like, no, I want to read about the characters that I love, but and I can't do that because you didn't put them <laughs> in the in this trilogy, so I can't read this trilogy. Sorry. Uh, but it's kind of like that with her adult fiction novels. I love Elena and Elena's whole stuff. But then the others are set in that same universe. She's just not really a character. And I don't like that. <laughs> I want to read about her and her stuff. I don't want to read about anybody else. So I love those books, though. <laughs> but I think her writing style is amazing. She does just flow so well between the different age groups and the different scenarios and situations that they go through there i love those kind of novels that deal with magic and fantasy and all this other stuff i like those kind of novels so i think i think she does a great job of weaving that into her story but also making the characters be relatable for the situations that they're in (laughs) i think it's hard in some cases for me to read some novels in, especially in fantasy situations, because the people don't react in the way that you would expect them to react. One of the reasons why I love the Pendragon series by DJ McHale so much is because it's so believable. You know, you would expect this kid to react the way he is reacting, being shoved into a situation he didn't want or ask for. And that is just, it's horrifying. It's, it's, too much he could die at any minute you know of course he's going to be scared and he's acting scared like that is believable to me but having a character not react in a realistic way can really really sink a fantasy novel and so i think that kelly armstrong does such a great job of making the characters believable for the situations that they're in and relatable and i i do i've talked all about you know all these books from these authors that have relatable characters. And to me, the characters make a book. If the character is a bad character, I can't, I can't get behind that character. I can't read about that character. I don't want to look at that character. Cersei Lannister. I wanted to kill her. I hated her so much. She's awful. But, but so I love, I, I just, I think Kelly Armstrong is a good author. She's a prolific author, and I enjoy the fact that I can, no matter what mood I'm in that day, you know, do I want to read a simpler book or do I want to read a more complicated book? I can go to Kelly Armstrong and just choose one. You know, I can choose what age group I want to read that day, and that's the one that I go with. <laughs> so Kelly Armstrong, another great, great author. My my uh, next author is one that I've only read. She had a series. Her name is Carrie Maniscalco. Carrie Maniscalco writes young adult novels. And she, I've only read her series with Audrey Rose. She had a more recent novel that came out, but I just haven't been able to read it yet. I plan to. I just haven't been able to get to it yet. But she had the original four, uh, what is it, a saga that was all about Audrey Rose. And this girl is so awesome like that I can't even, 
I thought those books were just fantastic. She, so the character in these novels, and I'm only talking about these novels because these are the only novels I've read by her. I don't think she has any more besides the four that she wrote for that series. And then the, she's come out with a couple that are in a new series, but I haven't read that new series yet. Um, the, but the four that I'm talking about her first, her first, um, series, it was so good. This girl is set back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And this girl, her name is Audrey Rose. She's from a family that is very wealthy from England. And, you know, there are expectations for what she should do and should not do. And she just says, I don't care. <laughs> her uncle, even though they're all part of this really wealthy family, her uncle is a famous medical examiner. In the late 1800s, I mean, people know him all over England and the world. They know him because he is just, he's so uh, just big in his field. You know, he's come up with, with different ways of revolutionizing the the profession. So he's known all over the world. Well, she, she says, you know what, I'm kind of interested in that. I'm kind of interested in cutting up dead people. Like, I want to learn about this. This sounds fascinating. So she starts being tutored by him. <laughs> she starts helping out with the examinations. And it just so happens that the first thing she helps out with is when Jack the Ripper is big in London. <laughs> She helps him examine the bodies of the women that Jack the Ripper killed. And, and she ends up helping solve the mystery of what's going on. Well, it turns out it's not so good what happened. She discovered who Jack the Ripper was, and it was bad. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it because it is a big thing. And it's all throughout the series. It kind of runs through the series. So I can't. I can't give too much away because I want you to read the series because the series is so good. Uh, and I think I think the first one is called Stalking Jack the Ripper. And so once she discovers that and it goes into the second novel and you're, she meets uh, her friend along the way, Thomas Cresswell, and they end up going to Dracula's castle in the second one that has been turned into a medical examination school, whatever they call that. And... Then, after dealing with the whole mystery there, because there's a mystery there, then they go into the third one, which is them crossing the Atlantic on a cruise ship that happens to be with the Midnight Carnival that has Harry Houdini in it. And of course, another something happens on this boat that they're trying to solve. And then once they cross the Atlantic and they get to America in the fourth novel, they meet H.H. H. Holmes and the murder castle. It's And there's a mystery there, too. Well, of course there is, because it's H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so it's just this whole series is rife with, with famous characters or places in history and dealing with murders and mystery. And there's some romance. And, oh, man, just the way that this is written, <laughs> there are parts of it 
I, I love horror stuff. I do. I've been watching and reading horror for many years. I love it. It's great. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing is, is that most of the time when I read something that is horror, it goes into detail, but it's detail that I can handle. Like I can handle, you know, the, the stuff that is written about, about, you know, people being killed in these novels, but in her novels, there were a couple of times I had to skip ahead because <laughs> it was a little too graphic. It was, you know, because she's 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 helping examine the dead bodies and it's going through the process of what happened when they were examining the bodies. <laughs> I just I can't handle that. That's kind of nasty. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, I just can't deal with that. But. I loved the novels. I thought Carrie Maniscalco, not only was she a good writer and wrote an awesome character, Audrey Rose is just awesome, but she brought that period of time to life and made you connect with it. You know, you started to understand why somebody born during that time who's a a female, you know, there were expectations for females. I mean, there have always been expectations for females, but at this particular time, you know, there were even more stringent uh, expectations for these females. And she just, she she did what she wanted to do. She didn't care. She she just, she was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me and you do you and just don't get in my way and I won't get in your way. And so I I loved that she was so relatable in her in herself, just the way she comported herself. It was just very relatable. I loved it. I I also liked that Carrie Maniscalco clearly did a lot of research for these books. Like in the back of the book, each book is a an acknowledgement thing where she's she's explaining where she found the information to be able to create the novel. She stuck as close to historical accuracy as she could, but in the cases where she didn't, she explained what actually happened. Uh, So I liked that where you could actually get context for, yeah, this particular part was fictionalized. This is what actually happened. Uh, I like I like that. I like learning about history. I like learning about different parts of history that I just didn't know. You know, for example, I didn't know that there really are descendants of Dracula. <laughs> like in the second novel with the um, hunting Prince Dracula, I believe it's called. She, in the novel, you find out that there is a descendant of Dracula running around, and you find out who that descendant is, and but. <laughs> In real life, you find out that there are actual descendants of Dracula. Maybe not the character she wrote, but there is one. And so it's, and there's this whole fight thing between them. Oh, man, it's just fascinating information that you might not have known about these different places or people from history. So I really appreciate that she went into all that detail about it. So I I just I love Carrie Maniscalco. I thought she did such a great job in writing this this series and bringing her characters to life. So I highly recommend her as well. So so far we've had Stephen King, Julia Quinn, 
Kelly Armstrong, and Carrie Meniscalco. So my <laughs> my fifth person, quote unquote, that I want to talk to uh, talk about today. <laughs> I want to talk to. I do want to talk to him. Okay, like that's the thing. I want to talk to him, but it's actually three hymns because <laughs> this was the one that I cheated on. <laughs> I just couldn't choose one <laughs> because I love fantasy stuff. I love fantasy novels and I have not been quiet about my love of Game of Thrones. I have also not been quiet of my love for Lord of the Rings. I have also not been quiet <laughs> of my love for Narnia. <laughs> I... Okay, so it's a three-way tie. It's a three-way tie between George R.R. R. Martin, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, and C.S. Lewis. I love all three of these men for different reasons. So, I, although I'm mad at George. I'm mad at George because I still have yet to see Winds of Winter and whatever the seventh one is supposed to be called. I have yet to see that one either. All right? I need to see these. Okay? <laughs> But, uh, and I'm never going to forgive anybody for season eight of Game of Thrones. End of story. Like, okay, sorry. A little side note. But I love the Lord of the Rings that I grew up with that. I read it. I fell in love with it. I watched the movies. It is amazing. I love it so much. I already talked about this in one of my previous podcasts. I'm not going to go too in-depth on him, but I do. I love J.R.R. Tolkien. He brings it to life. The fact that he put so much work into world building, not only did he build his own fantasy world, he created his own languages for this world. You know that you are the epitome of world building when you create the languages and people still learn these languages today. <laughs> people go around talking Elvish. Like I love J.R.R. Tolkien's stuff so much. I do. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, he had to have been on this list somewhere. And C.S. Lewis, like Chronicles of Narnia was my absolute favorite as a child. Like, I started reading those as a child. I didn't start reading Lord of the Rings until I was a teenager. But I loved Narnia. I did. I thought the world was so... Oh, the only thing that I, I complained about was that the when I finally... When you're a character and you're reading... Or a character. You know, Lord have mercy. Listen to me. I'm a character in my own novel. When, when you're a child... And you're reading these, it's hard to pick up on some of the uh, not so obvious plot points, the the ones that are more subtly written. So when I read the series as a child, I took it at face value of, oh, okay. So in the seventh book, The Last Battle, when the Pevensies are in Narnia and they're in Aslan's country, it's just, oh, they're just now in a new place. Like, they're just going to be in Narnia forever. That's cool. Who doesn't want to be in Narnia? That's awesome. And then you realize when you hit a certain age that, no, they died, and Aslan's country is the afterlife. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's sad. See, I just didn't like that they died so young. Like, they died a few years after the events of the of the previous novels and you're like, no, they're so young. Like I, 
I was a little disappointed in that. But I loved the descriptions of Narnia. I loved the battles. I loved the the heart and soul that went into that. I loved the Pevensies. Like, I understood why the Pevensies were not main characters in every single book. I wished that they were. <laughs> Because I liked the Pevensies. I liked those kids. I thought, oh, this is really cool and neat that it's a whole sibling group that this is around. It's not it's not the three main characters that happen so often in in books and fantasy worlds. It's it's a whole group of siblings and this is affecting all of them and they're all just doing their thing and and trying to save Narnia and it's a collective it makes it it makes it very clear that it has to be all four of them not just one of them or some of them it has to be all of them because they're a team and they're they're family and they're oh man it was all the feels all the feels from Narnia I loved it so much I still do actually I still read it every once in a while and it still makes my heart warm. <laughs> it just, it just, it's a good, wholesome thing. I just love Narnia so much, and I love the characters, and I love the descriptions. The descriptions were absolutely breathtaking. So yeah, Narnia, C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, and J.R.R. Tolkien, awesome sauce. And then you got George R.R. R. Martin, who, I mean, he is a good author. I like him as an author. I love reading his descriptions. I love reading his his about his world. I mean, I read the five books that have come out for the Song of Ice and Fire. I also read the uh, was Fire and Blood, which was the Targaryen bloodline story. I read that, and I loved it. It's great. I just wish that you would come out with the last two. <laughs> I just need to know what happens. And I hope to heaven that you change that ending. This is I feel like this is the perfect time to actually do it and change the ending and then just say, no, they, they ruined my show. <laughs> because that ending for the show was so bad. But... I I do even if even if the books turn out with the same ending as the show, I still want to read it because I want to finish what what started. Like I want to, I invested my time in this. I want to know how it ends. I want to know what what goes on. It you know do they all survive? Do they die? Who lives? Who's who dies? You know what? Who stays together? Who gets separated? Who goes and does what? Like I want to know all of it. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what's going on with Lady Stoneheart. You know, does she ever get reunited with the children? And if she does, does she recognize them? You know, like, I want to know. You know, it's so the fact that I'm I'm still invested in this, despite the travesty that was the show. I mean, I think he's a great author. I think he's an amazing author. But I just waiting for the books, George. <laughs> So I couldn't, I just couldn't choose for my, for, for this particular slot. I had to choose all three because all three are good in their own respects with their worlds and their, the stuff that they put in their worlds and the fact that I got so invested in it. I mean, that to me means that they're all worth being on my list. George R.R. R. Martin, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, and C.S. Lewis. 
there you go. My last one, because I had to talk about this one. Let's call this a bonus one. Let's call this a bonus one. I've talked about this one in my second ever podcast on this channel. I talked about Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie will never go out of style. She is the best-selling novelist of all time. Because how do you... (laughs) How do you capture this whole, the 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 heart and soul that she put into these novels, into her characters? You just can't. You just can't. I can't. The movies that have come out that are, you know, based off of her material are just bad. They're just bad. I don't like the movies because I'm like, they don't capture what she's going for well enough. They just don't. Like, her writing style her the the way she puts these mysteries so that half the time you you cannot figure out who did it you just can't and then until it's laid out for you and you're like oh 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 okay now i see it you know until it's explained to you you're just like oh okay well i don't get I mean, I think it's this person, and this person definitely did it, and I'll tell you how. And then you realize that, no, you were wrong, because you forgot one vital piece of information that changes the entire the entire thing. And I don't know. I just, I love her. I love that her character of Poirot is that guy that you're like, okay, if I met him in real life, <laughs> I'm pretty sure... We would be best friends, but it would be best friends that I couldn't talk to him every day. (laughs) You're like, we'd be able to go out every once in a while and go grab a coffee and talk and chit chat. But if I hung out with him every day, he'd probably drive me nuts. Anyway, I just love Agatha Christie. I do. I think she's great. She's timeless. I mean, her stuff, yeah, it was written back in the early to mid 1900s but it's still just so good you can understand what her thought process is and the the situations that people get into are still very relevant and there are certain things that as time goes on people are going to wonder what in the world that word means but (laughs) but i don't know i just think she's such a good writer she's so just I don't know. It. I don't know. She just captures you. She captures you. And I think any book that captures you and makes you invested, that's a book that I want to read. I. It, I don't want to force myself to read. I know a lot of people, they don't like to read because they just have a hard time getting into it. But so a book that I can suggest to people that I think will instantly grab them and grab their attention is. One of the things that I search for and her books generally, especially a book like Death on the Nile, which is my absolute favorite from her. Love that book so much um, that I think that that's going to better attract attention from the people who just have a harder time getting into getting into books. So those were my author choices for this podcast there are so many i tried to narrow them down i didn't do such a hot job of narrowing them down and that's only some of mine 
<laughs> because we're again we're librarians we love reading and we love books and these are these are just some of the many, 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 many amazing authors that are out there. If you have questions or suggestions about for books and authors and book titles and genres and what have you, please do let us know. We have that form on our website. If you go to the Carteret County Public Library website, and you go to the adults tab. There's a little another tab under that that says podcast. There's a form that you can fill out to let us know what you're thinking. Let us know your suggestions for podcast episodes. Let us know what kind of books you're into that you would like to hear podcasts about. You know, maybe you're more into. Um, I'm trying to think of it as an honor that I haven't done. Maybe you're into sci-fi novels or, and you'd like a podcast about sci-fi novels. Or maybe you're into uh, adventure novels and you just want a podcast about adventure novels. Hey, I would love to do it. I would love to hear your suggestions. So please do fill out that form. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, thank you for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope that you have a great time reading these authors because I sure did. <laughs> All right. Again, I have been Kirsten, and I hope to see you in the next one. Bye.